Thank you. Good morning to you all. Uh, if you'll stand with me, please, and join me in prayer. Father, again, I come before you, and I seek you that it is your word that come forth. I, forth, I seek you that your anointing and that which you want said and done would come through. I pray for the hearts, Father, that it's said many times, and then God opened their eyes, that you would open our eyes, Father, to this wonderful, wonderful thing that you and Jesus have done for us. And Lord, and I just pray that your word go forth as you are speaking to us about what it is we can receive as your sons and your daughters. We just thank you for it in this time, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. The message this morning is adoption acceptance. And I want to start out by reading um, from John 14 and verse 8. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you after a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. I was reading this a few months back, and what resonated in my spirit, and it became what I'm speaking today, is Jesus said to his disciples, I will not leave you orphans. That just stuck with me, Jesus saying, I will not leave you orphans. And as I read through the different commentaries, the word orphan meant comfortless here in John. In Lamentations 5.3, it's fatherless, desolated, and without protector. I mean, without Jesus, we are sinners, we're lost, and we're orphans. And I am quite sure other biblical words come to mind. For some of you, but I think this we get the point. How we are so lost in orphans and sinners without Christ. To recognize our need for Jesus. But I'm glad that uh, in Ephesians 3, Paul's letter to the Ephesians is stating his missions of taking the gospel to the Gentiles. In Ephesians 3, 6, beginning in verse 6, to be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gifts of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, the grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confidence, access through faith in him. So again, Paul is speaking here and he's letting the, his fellow Israelites know that he's got a mission to go speak to the Gentiles to bring them into this wonderful unity by sharing the gospel of God. But I'm going to have you all rise again, please. This here is not to do with my message. This is just something when I was studying, and this part wasn't in there. I wasn't going to put it in there, but then I felt God said to me, no, I want to say this to someone. So I'm going to just tell you to go into a place with God right now and to hear this. I'm going to read this to you. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. 
But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? I feel the Lord is saying right now to someone that you've journeyed and you've come to know God and that he has come to know you. And somehow Satan or whatever, be it flesh, is trying to mislead you back into a place where you shouldn't be. And God is saying, stop. Don't go. Don't listen. Keep moving forward with him. He knows who you are and you know who he is. So, Father, I just pray again on that word that whomever you're speaking to in all of us, that, Lord, they would hear it. You would make it clear. It would be a convicting word to a situation in which they know you are directly speaking to them right now, Father. We thank you that you care so much to come into this message for whoever this is and speak to them at this right time. We thank you for that love, that grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I gave that word in the first service. And um, normally, if you've been here, we, people will come up and read a word right when we get done with worship. And some, one of the ushers gave me this. They said a lady came up, but it was a little bit um, right after worship, but they weren't able to get this word in up here to, to Pastor Greg for it to be read in time. But when I was done, he wanted me to hear it and see it. And what this person had said was, I felt that there was someone, a few people, who wanted to leave God. But I felt God say, stay with me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I just took that as confirmation that the way that came, that God is speaking to someone here to stay with him. Don't leave. He sees you. He knows you. Amen? Amen. All right. So I'm talking about adoption, being adopted. And that's coming into the family. But I want to build on this adoption and begin and beginning adopted. So first, let's look at Jesus and the Father, the unity. It makes sense if two are going to adopt, they should have a unity between them. So in John 14, Jesus is telling his disciples about his oneness with the fathers. He's explaining to them their relationship. And he says here in 14.7, If you have known me, you would have known my father also. For now, on you, now you know him and have seen him. In verse 8, Philip says to him, says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative. But the Father abiding in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe me of the work themselves. In John 8, 16, But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it, but I am but I am the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, where is the Father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. So Jesus is right now 
expressing to the disciples the intimacy and the deepness of him and the Father, that the Father is in me and I in the Father, that we are one, that we are really, really close here, that all that is happening, it's me and the Father working together at all of this. If you see me, you see the Father. If you see the Father, you see me. That's how deep and intimate their relationship is of what they have. Now, the good part, we get invited into that. Amen? Amen. I tell you, this morning at first service, I started this. Woo, I started preaching to myself up here. I got happy. I studied it, but when I started preaching, I was like, oh, boy. It was getting on. But it was an invitation here now. In this, after you see the unity and feel what Jesus says about him and the Father, how close they are. Then in John 14, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now Jesus is saying, I'm going to go prepare a place for you guys. I got a mansion. It's got many rooms. So I'm going to go get your room, your special room for you and for you and for you. Because I have this place for you. Me and my father, in the unity of our relationship, we are building this place for you because you matter to us. Again, this scripture here, see, this is the one scripture that people have a hard time with. Because Jesus says here, truly, truly, I say, no one comes to the father but through me. See, people have a hard time with that. They can talk about God and they can talk about religion because then that's just a big umbrella. But when you hit me with one of them born agains, you're talking about just Jesus and he's the only way. Oh, no, you want them born agains. I don't know if we can talk no more. You see, because they want to have more weight. But Jesus says he is the only way to the father because him and the father in such unity and such closeness and such tightness and that Jesus is now going away to prepare a place for us. And then in Romans 8, verse 14, it says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons, and I say daughters, of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry, Abba, Father. As we sing that song, Abba, Father. So we get to look to him and call him Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs, also heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if we indeed, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Jesus said he wouldn't leave us orphans. And Paul expounds on that, that we have been adopted in to this great family, to this great unity, to this great place where he went to make a place for us, that he's bringing us into this. Revelation 3 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him or her, and he or she with me. Jesus is coming after us. This great unity of him and the Father making a place for us, seeking us and inviting us in. We've been adopted into the family of God, into the kingdom of God, that the Father and the Son has done all this work and the unity of who they are to care so much 
about you, about you, about you, that they care so deeply about who you are, and they're bringing us in to this family. Amen? Amen. Yes, this is good. Yes, this is the word of God, and he's telling us here how much he loves us, what he's doing for us. And he's bringing us into this. Okay, now we go to the work, blending in the family. That's always the work, getting that family to blend together. In Galatians 4.1, now I say, as long as there, as long as the heir is a child, he or she does not differ at all from a slave, although he or she, owner of everything, but he or she is under guardian and managers until the date set by the father. So also are we. While we were children, we were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God set forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons, and I say daughters as well, because you are sons and daughters. God has set forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter. And if a son or daughter, then an heir through God. In John 15, it says, No longer do I call you slaves, for you, for the slave does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friend for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, that you love one another. You know, in Galatians it says, God sent forth his son born of a woman, and born under the law that he might redeem us. You see, again, we look at this and we read scripture and we see God's economy and how different it is than man's economy. See, in God's economy, he born the child, raised it up, and then it adopted us. The way we do it, the child is born and we go adopt it. But God said, no, it don't work like that with him. The child gonna adopt y'all. And help you figure out how to act right. Amen? And so now that's the way God has done this. But the other thing in this too is two things here. In verse 1 and 2 of Galatians, Paul talks about still being a slave because being under the guardian and the manager. Not yet mature enough. And in John he says, we are no longer slaves. And I was sharing with someone, we were talking about this, and we came to this 7-year-old and this 13-year-old. See, the two scriptures, what it's saying is this, you got a seven-year-old kid and you got a 13-year-old kid. Well, the seven-year-old think he can do everything the 13-year-old can. He can't. He can't do that. The 13-year-old can do these things. A little seven-year-old running around like he can do them too. You know, 13-year-old going out the door, and the seven-year-old, where you going? Get back here. You can't go there. It's about a maturity level of where you're at. The kid owns everything in the house. Yeah, I'm daddy. You got all this stuff. But you can't touch everything. The 13-year-old can touch some stuff. And now I got to help you understand that. And it's the maturity level of when we're kids and the things that we have. You see, the whole thing here, what God is saying is that he's adopted each of us. We are a family of God. See, are we really adapting to the principle of what God is saying here and the unity of what he did and the unity of Christ, what he's invited us into. And are we really seeing that, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ? Or is it just something we say on Sunday morning? Good morning, brother. Good morning, sister. How you doing? Hallelujah. You know, when I say that, where is it coming from? 
When I call you brother, when I call you sister, is it coming from in me out of the knowledge of God of what the unity of the Father and the Son has done? Is it coming because I know how much you mean to God? I know that we are a family. Am I saying hello brother, hello sister, because from me, I know it's resonated from God and God Almighty. And that I'm to do the work to love you and to care for you deeply because he did the work. He put so much into this that I don't get to fluff off. I don't get to just make this. This is just not Sunday morning. Let's go to church. This is let's come and figure out how to be family. How do we resonate the real love of God? How do we let this be what this is all about? Especially where we are now in this day and age and in this time. The church has to rise up and bring forth the love of God. I mean, we know the era in which we're living in. You know? Right now, God is talking about, I don't care if you're liberal or conservative. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. God is adopting you. He has adopted you in. That's my brother and that's my sister. That's someone who God loves. And that's what it's all about. You know, I'm not, I know where everybody is because like I said, with this element we're in, I'm not invested in politics. I'm invested in Jesus. I'm the guy who make fun of stuff and get fights started. Because <laughs> so many people invested so deep. I say stuff and then watch. Because <laughs> I win. I know I got Jesus. You know? Because right now, the way these things look right me, it looks like a bad divorce. It looks like a really bad divorce and we're the kids. And we're losing. And then you got in a divorce, you get some people saying mama was right, daddy was right. When you tear a family up that bad and they start to divide against each other, it's hard bringing that family back together. It is hard. Things are said, feelings are hurt. It's hard. That's why God said my economy is different. My economy is about love and caring for one another. He didn't give us a religion. He gave us a way of life to live. And the work is being mindful of how do I do that? That we each personally take on this work to be mindful of the scriptures and to learn how to love one another. As he said, love one another. That all that other junk doesn't get to interfere with my mission of being a child of God. That none of that can interfere with the fact that this is my father's house and these are my brothers and sisters. Because God said so. And he's not changing it. I've been adopted into this. You've been adopted into this. And in this, we have to learn to live by what God is saying his family values are. Not where we come in as orphans. And say, well, you know, well, I'm an orphan. I do this and I do that. No, it's it's not that. You see, we come in and we have to lose that spirit of of being an orphan. You know, we come in to God and something personal happens in our life. Something don't go the way we think or how it should be. Then all of a sudden, you know what? Now we're back to rejection, disappointment. That old spirit of orphan is coming in. So we look at God and we're like, yeah, God, I know, I know right now, but I'm dealing with something. So right now I, I got to be dependent on me in this situation. And so I, I can't trust God right now. I mean, you're a good father, but you're not my real dad. And then it's hard to come to God sometime with things and we feel like, well, he's not there. So I'm just going to go back into my orphan spirit. But the thing of it is, is that God loves us. It's not about God not loving us. It's just a matter of, that orphan spirit makes it hard for me to be loved. That, that I, I can't receive God's love. 
You see, that, that orphan spirit is the other thing, too, that when I'm that orphan and I'm, and I'm being brought into the family, that sometimes then I want to do these things maybe that, well, I'll do this to be accepted, and I'll do this to be accepted, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, so I'll be accepted so I can fit in. There's nothing to earn. There's nothing to earn. It's just receiving, receiving the goodness of God. Because I'll tell you, you come into a family, and you try to earn your place in that family. You try to do something. I say that's a long fall down. Why? Because you're doing all this stuff, and ain't nobody paying attention. Now you're offended. Now you're upset. Now you're mad at the family. For what? Just come in here and sit down. You ain't got to be doing all of that. Just come in. You're loved. You're cared for. And so that's the things of God and how he has that. So I'm going to read here some stuff that I, um, I had gotten from someone. I did a little questionnaire and stuff who had adopted kids and the siblings and stuff. And this is more like from the siblings of what this is. And one of the questions, what was the hardest part of having adopted siblings? And one person said, we had decided and agreed as a family that they had always been our sisters and that we just hadn't known until now. It's a small-minded minus change, but it made it a lot easier to adjust. Given we had already had a big family, it mostly meant just more noise for us older siblings. Again, in that, it's knowing that you have brothers and sisters coming in, that we have brothers and sisters who are coming in here. Again, you know when Pastor Tom at the end of his message, and then he does that with every head bow, and then he starts counting out, and he goes, when he's doing his salvation call, and he says, I see that hand, and I see that hand, and I see that hand. Are we resonating with excitement, not that people are joining the church, but that we're getting new brothers and sisters. Yes, we are getting new brothers and sisters into the kingdom of God. It's going to get noisier. That's all. But we receive them in. And that's what it's about. But am I, have I really bought into what God has given me that I'm adopted and this is my family? To care for people, to love one another. Like I said, in the environment that we have today, if the church family cannot rise up in love, then who will? Who will? Where do we look? We invite our children into this life. Kids, they get it. They get it. They're honest, they're real. And then we wonder, why do we lose them when they grow up? Where was the realness? There was nothing real that kept me. That's why. That's why we have to make this real. We have to make this a way of life, not a religion, but a way of life that we're fighting constantly, personally, in our heads to make that effort. That if I come here, if I've been at this church for a while, I see someone that I'm, hey, you know, how are you? You know, how are you? To just speak to someone, to say hello. That we can be a place where people can feel welcome and accepted. We have a big sign on the wall. Come as you are. Come as you are. One of the other kids said, I wasn't used to being a guiding figure in the eyes of people younger than me. And I wasn't sure how to lead them in a good direction. That's what Galatians says about the seven-year-old, the one that's younger, that they're not mature enough yet. That we can feel confident in showing someone along. Why? Because Jesus is in the Father. The Father's in Jesus. I'm in Jesus. Jesus is in me. I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. I got enough that I can do this. Because what I don't know, I can always go to the Father and ask him for direction. And if I don't have the answer, then we both just go to Daddy. And we both say, Abba, Father. 
for whatever's going on. Because he can always fix it. He can always make it right. He's better than Father Knows Best. I watch that show in the morning sometime when I'm getting ready. It's an old 60s, 50s show. And that man always got the answer and brings things around. Well, God's better than that. He can do that too. And he enjoys it because he loves us. In every situation, maybe God doesn't fix things right away. Because you know with children, there's learning opportunities. There's time for them to learn something. Yeah, I could give you this, but you need to learn how to earn it. Yeah, I know how to give it, you know, what we do. But we don't earn from God, but you're just learning stuff that we can see from that. How do we get this? Because he's a loving father to teach us so much of this. One of the other kids said, I would say the hardest part would be the language barrier, not knowing how much of what you're saying is being communicated or misunderstood in blending a family together. You know the language barrier. As a family of God and coming together and trying to do this with God's help, we have to have grace and mercy for one another, the language barrier. You know, sometimes... Somebody will say something, and we get offended about something. I got offended about what that brother said. I got offended about what that sister said. We have to have grace. There's language barriers. The way people speak stuff, say stuff, different things like that. You know? If you talk to my family, they'll tell you I have problems with my language. Not cussing. Just so much as I just... Don't watch what I say. I say too much sometimes. (laughs) Okay. Thought they were watching from the video. But we have to know to not be so offended by things. You know, that thing when you get offended, and there's the times where I've been offended, and you get off, and Satan's over there, and now in my head, what they said, and then all this is going on, and now I got attitude towards them. And pretty soon, Satan's got more stuff. Now I'm writing a whole play in my head about stuff they didn't say. And some stuff they didn't say, they just said it now in my head. And I got even madder. You know? Because I just going on in my own head now about all of this. And then pretty soon, it's like, you know, I've learned. Short accountant. Just go over their accounts to, hey, this is what I think you said. And most of the times when I found out you go to someone, hey, I think you said, no, oh, no, bro, no, no. No, I'm sorry, that, that's not what I, okay. Now that whole play I written, just gone. Because the person has humbly said that wasn't what they meant and what they were trying to say and asking their sorry and everything. That's all it takes. Now the other part is, I've always said this too, You can go to someone and say, hey, you know, I got offended by what you said, and you said this. And they go, oh, yeah, I meant that. Well, no, I ain't offended. I'm just mad. (laughs) Okay? But we can work it out. We family. Amen? And that's just the things of how it is in communicating with one another to understand. This person continued to finish by saying, but had there not been a language barrier, the most difficult challenge would have been getting to know our new siblings tactfully and to speak and act in ways that share who you are so they don't feel as though they're living among strangers. You have to learn that family dynamics are formed day by day. Again, as we come together as a church family, as we come here and we try to blend together on Sunday mornings, we're coming into the house of our Father. We're coming into the family of God. We have to do that tactfully. We have to be ourselves, not faces, not masks, you know? We have to be who we are. As the sign says, come as who you are. Yeah, in certain ways. That's just who it is. This is who I am. Okay. And doing it tactfully. And it's a day-by-day thing that we work at. 
to work at, to grow together as a family, to make the Word of God a living, active thing in the lives of those who say they are Christians, who say they are children of God, that somewhere the world can see a realness of the kingdom of heaven on earth. We have to take that challenge. We have to make that personal sacrifice in place to be these people. If we don't, who will? Who will? God did a lot in the unity of him and his son, inviting us in, making a place for us. He is at work on our behalf to be a family that it can be from heaven and earth, on earth. To be that family, to love one another, day by day, that when, you're, when we're talking to one another and we're speaking to one another in the foyer, to be present, to be present in that moment of that conversation. You know, not having that conversation, somebody talking to you, eh, is it Red Robin or Buffalo Wild Wings? Where am I eating lunch today? <laughs> oh, yeah, brother, I hear you. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. No, I'm not going to go to Red Robin. They put that man there. I don't like that stuff they put. I'm going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, yeah, brother. Yes, yeah, sister. Being present to hear what they're saying because we need to care for one another. We need to love one another. And if I'm hearing what you're saying, again, let's go to the father. Let's go to the dad and talk to him about this. But the realness of what he's doing and how he's working in our lives. One person said, I think when we adopted the girls, it immediately became normal for me to have five sisters instead of one. Our family is constantly growing, constantly growing. But I was also caught up in my own 16-year-old life, and I don't think I paid much attention to my family as I should have. Again, that's common in man's way. But God is saying, let's pay attention to one another. Let's be there for one another. God in you, you in God, Christ in you, you are in Christ. We can do this. We can be the family of God that he's asking us to be, that he's helping us to be, to grow into. From the, one of the adopted kids, they said this, the one that had been adopted. The older kids haven't been through the same situations we have, so they don't know how to relate. And some things that are not touchy to them are touchy to us. Again, tactfully, day by day, learning to come together, not as a church, but as a family of God. Not just here in City Church, but the other churches in Madison, the other churches in the world, that the kingdom of God, that we're mindful about the kingdom of God first and the workings of God first, not church, but that everyone is our brothers and sisters who lifts up the name of Christ, who gives glory to Jesus. Those are our brothers and sisters as well, and that we're working to love them and care for them also. And like it says, as we come together, as we blend the family together, that's right. You've been through some things I can't relate to. But that doesn't mean I can't listen. That doesn't mean I can't sincerely care about what you're saying. Because that's what we need. It's just someone to listen. Someone to sincerely care. It's what I say all the time when people say, and someone just told me to say, I've always said, you know, we say, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you? Good. And we walk right past each other. Because I don't really want to hear about your back and your sore feet and all of that right now. You know? Uh, it looks like the coffee running out. I need to get over there. You know they don't keep no sugar on that table. So I got to get there. No. It's really living out our Christianity. Again, God gave us a way of life, not a religion. And it's work, and it's set in us doing it. 
and doing these things. What did you do to help them feel a part of the family? We tried to act as we decided in the previous question. For, for me, this meant being at ease and normal as possible around them, as their presence was something I was already used to. I never knew if it helped, and I was worried if it would make them feel pressure to adapt faster than they felt they could. But at least this way, it didn't make them feel guilty about us seeming to be awkward or inconvenienced. Again, as this family grows, as this church family grows, and this family comes together like this, this is one of those things where we're working at this. To be ourselves, to just be who we are. Not putting on faces and, and, and fakeness with each other. You know, to be the realness who we are. Well, yeah, but if people really knew who I was, well, bring it. Bring it. Because Christ in me, I'm in Christ, I'm going to learn to do this. He's going to help me accept you. He's going to help me understand. Because it's the same way here. All of you are my brothers and sisters. Y'all got me. Howdy. Welcome to the family. You see? Yeah, my daughter ain't clapping. But uh, anyway, that's just the way it is. And how it goes with God. In these things, that he will help us. And that we don't have to put on the faces. That we can come and pray with one another. And that we're going through this. You know, Pastor Tom has always encouraged us in the staff, and he's like, he'll come down and he'll pray. And this person will come and they'll pray, and I pray for him last night, and he'll pray. And he's like, every Sunday they come, I'm going to pray for him. Because we don't get tired of one another. We're going to pray for you. We're going to keep staying in there with you. Because Christ in us, in us, in Christ, we can't get away from that. And all that they have done, if God means anything to us, then we have to take on the challenge of figuring out how to be family. I owe him that much to work at this for all that he's done, that I want that, that he's given me, that he's been with me, and it's done. Because we need to know these things. One of the other siblings said in this question, how did you make him feel? I tried to refer to them as just my siblings rather than my adopted siblings. That again, we refer to each other just as brothers and sisters, but with a meaning. That you are my sister because of Christ and out of Christ. You are my brother because of Christ, out of Christ. Just simple as that for what he's done and what he's trying to bring together and what he's meaning in all of this. Another person said, to make them feel like part of the family, I spoke to them as I always have to my siblings. I made the same awful jokes, talked to them often, and played basketball with them, things like that. It wasn't particularly hard. You know, again, it's calling us out. God is calling us out of ourselves, out of those comfort zones. That if we see someone, we can say hello. That we can say hi. And I know that's difficult in this age. We'd like to just walk up to each other and I'm going to text you hi, you text me back, okay? All right, hi. Oh, I got it, hi. Yeah, okay, take care, see you later. You know? Or I'll catch you on Facebook. Okay, see you there. You know? That seems to be where the world is going. And that could be a plot of the enemy. Because in that, there is no communication. There's a lot of lonely people out there. And they just need somebody to listen sometimes. They just need someone to care. Honestly, I think half of the people who've done up these shootings these schools and different things, they just didn't have anybody they cared. They just gave up because it was too much of a struggle. 
so nobody mattered. I'm hurting, I want you to hurt. I don't exist, nobody should exist. But if the church rises up to be that family with one another, that the world can see something and say, there's something different about you, about y'all. We love it as pastors when people come in here and they just like, I felt the presence of God. It was just like God was there. That's just not because of the pastoral staff. That's because of you all. That's because of you. This is your place just as much as it's our place. This is your father's house as much as it's my father's house. You have a part here as much as we as a pastoral staff has a part here. There is work for you to do. Like I said, if you see someone, greet them. Say hello. If someone looks lost, help them figure out where to go. As I said earlier, we all should beat, beat Brother Lee to the door, greeting people so friendly and just saying hi. To welcome people and to love them so that the realness of God can happen for them. We don't know the brokenness and the sadness that people are coming here with. And whatever we can do to help their path to get to Jesus, we need to be about that. We need to be the greatest host of our Father's house that have ever been that people can get there to see that. Amen? Amen. I know it's convicting, but it's worth it. You're adding to the family. One said, I tried to think to be as present as I could, be kind, and also to be a big sister who plays a role of a second mom when needed. It's all about helping. These are people who adopted. These are the kids and how they had to work at this, what they had to do, how it changed them. The same for us, that as we come into this, into this Christianity of Christ, that we should be changed, that we should be looking at this too and working on this. And how can I adjust in this way to add to God's family, to host those and welcome those, my brothers and sisters, my new ones who are coming in to the family of God. From one of the kids that was adopted, they said this about the siblings. They didn't treat us like strangers, tried to get to know us, and treated us like real blood related, played with us instead of saying, cool new siblings mom and dad brought home. No, they interacted with them to bring them in again to do that work in that. What was the hardest? One said, it was interesting and frustrating more than hard, very trial and error, especially with the language barrier. Again, how we speak to one another, how we take time to understand. One said, yes, it was hard to adapt to so many people around me all the time, all at one time. Again, there's a lot of us here. And it's work trying to get to know everybody, saying hello, more than just a hello and then walking past, but a hello enough that I want to be sincerely engaged to say hi to you. Hi, because you matter. Why? Because you're human. Why? Because you're important. Why? Because we need more of this in our world. We need more what God is trying to bring through his church in our world. If it stops with us, then again, who's going to make the difference? How will it change? Because you see, I think God has specifically designed it for each of us to have a part in this. One of the things I love when I work with people with Christianity is the fact that getting them to understand that when you journey with Christ, there are gifts and talents in you that you've not even known about. There are so many gifts and talents that you're going to, as God grows you, you're going to be surprised. You're going to grow because he made you specifically to be about his business. He made you to be someone to help someone. He made it so that we could grow and learn from one another. All of us have a gift. All of us have an influence, a sphere of influence that we do there to say hello to someone, to say hi, 
to be that different because God is in me and I'm in God. And so I need to bring that out in this community, in my family, amongst my friends, to know this, this deepness and this relationship and that they could know the love of Christ for them. When the parents said about the kids, they had to choose to be adopted. It wasn't just on our part, but they have to, they have to daily choose to be our kids. Just like with our biological kids, we choose daily to love all our kids. You see, one, we have to choose to be adopted by God. We have to allow that. We have to let go of that orphan feeling, that orphan spirit, and says, I'm in God. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you, God. Lean not on my own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all my heart. You are my Abba Father. You are the God that loves me. You are the God that cares for me. You are the God that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. And then in that, he came. And then he's going away to prepare a place for me. Then when he died on the cross, that his blood washed away all my sins. And as Jesus said, how much more do I need to do for you to believe in me? For you to receive me? Because he's saying, I'm after you. I want you. And we have to choose to be adopted. Daily, to do that work, choosing to love our brothers and sisters next to us. In the morning when we start the service, we say, stand up and say hello to someone next to you. Do you say it with meaning? Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. Glad you're here. Never know what that meant to someone and them feeling cared for. Another part of it is with that orphan's feeling. How can you love me? The question can be, how can you love me if my real parents don't? Again, issues with God comes from, well, my dad and my mom didn't like me. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. So I struggled with God because of the issues and the stuff with my parents. Here's the thing. With God, he loves you and he cares for you. You see, when you were an orphan, some people might have said this. Some might have, might have said that. But now that you're adopted, God ain't saying that. God ain't agreeing in none of those things that when you was an orphan. He's telling you now about who you are, how much he loves you. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You are wonderfully and beautifully made. You are not a mistake. He is not speaking into that orphan spirit. He is speaking into that adopted spirit, that adopted spirit that him and Jesus worked at to bring you into because they knew how important you were. And so you can't go to them and tell him nothing about how bad you are or this and that. He says, leave that junk outside. You're in a new place now. I went and made a new mansion for you. You've got a room. You belong. You belong now. You can let all that go because he's speaking something different over you now. And you need to agree with what he's speaking over you now. You need to come in the line with that now. Even when you fall down, even when you make a mistake, that didn't change what he's speaking over you. What he's speaking over you is get up, let's go. Get up from there, let's go. Okay, that's all right. Did you learn from that? Yep, okay, then let's go. Because you're his child. And he's not condemning you. He's loving you. Most of the time, it's us condemning ourselves in this. And we want God to agree with how bad we are. And he just ain't going to do that. He just ain't going to do that. But that's just us. I'm, on, you know, I'm just there and I got this. I just don't feel like I should be loved. Because I ain't earned it. Ain't nothing to earn, folks. It's just about receiving it. I know it's a love that surpasses our understanding. It really is. So all I can tell you when people come, I had to do the same work. 
I gave up. I just surrendered and received it. He loved me and told him like I just told y'all, okay, you stuck with me now. You're stuck with me. But that's the way it is. You know, because like you say, with bags still packed, our case is still at the door. We, we at the new mansion. God's bringing us in, but I ain't really unpacked yet. I ain't unpacked, God. I, I still got my bags because I know somewhere along here, I may do something. You're going to kick me out. You ain't going nowhere. He ain't kicking you out. He keeping you. You're staying. You're stuck. As long as you choose to be adopted. At times, we look at the kids and think, who are they? And what are their biological parents like? Did they get that trick? Oh, that's about my kids. Okay, let me go down and read some else. Other times, I see our quirky manners in them. Again, it's about being adopted into the things that God is wanting to bring into us. It's about the things that God is saying. So as I'm saying about us and these things, and God speaking these things over, it's because now he wants us to take on our new identity. We have a new identity in Christ, not orphans. We're adopted. We're sons and daughters of the Most High. We are loved by God. And so we need to start learning to grow in our new identity, to grow in the new family ways, to learn these ways because they're different than the ways they were when we were orphans. But now we're out here. They're different than the ways when we were lost. They're different than the ways when we were sinners. We have been brought in now and given a name, and we've been cared about and loved. And so now that's where we are. And so I'm going to choose to take on my new identity and be that person of God as he teaches me and grows me into being who he wants me to be. And not just giving him lip service with our Christian knees. Have your way, Lord, but not today. Oh, not in that. Mm-mm, no, Lord, not, don't touch that. Have your way, Lord, in everything. Have your way to raise me up, Lord, to be what it is that you would have me to be. In all things, in loving. My daughter was telling me she's got a second job and she works visiting the elderly. And she was saying one time, she was telling me how she visited this one old lady and she's 92 and they were talking. And the lady was saying to her like, well, I'm 92. I don't know why the Lord don't take me home. And the thing of it is, is that she's like, am I just supposed to be here to just love people? And I'm like, yes, that's it just loving people. The rest is his to do. It's all about what he does and what he does through us. But the most we can try to do is love people and get along with people and show the grace and the mercy. And so as we take on that identity, transforming into the identity of God and becoming into that family, in John 14, 16, it starts to say, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever that in this that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him but you know him because he abides with you and you will be in you so we got the father in us and we're in the father Jesus is in us and we're in Jesus so we got daddy we got brother and now they sent us a helper we got a brother a father and a nanny we can do this we can do this. How can we not? We've been adopted into such a wonderful, tight family. And he even brought us a nanny. I'm changing, Lord. I'm changing. I want to do these things. For this reason, I bow the knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all fullness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How could you not be excited about so much love, so much work on your behalf, being drawn in, the daddy, the brother, the nanny, everybody helping me. I got power. I got righteousness. I got glory. I got freedom. I got victory. What else do you need? 
I'm going to end with this. I'm going to invite the worship team to begin to come up. I'm going to end here. The incomparable Christ. Who our brother is. Oh, Lord, I got happy. It's just too much goodness. Colossians 1, 13, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers, authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, from the dead, from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all of the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or in heaven. Hallelujah. Please rise. Please rise and give God a clap offering. Glory, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For all that he gave us. I hope today that you would feel empowered. That you would release that orphan feeling, that orphan spirit. And walk in your identity. Shake off those lies. Get rid of the lies and the illusions that were said when you were orphans. That is not who you are. And God will never agree with you in those things. He wants you to take on the identity that he has for you. The love that he has for you. The place that he's prepared for you. The power that he's given you. Oh my. Oh my. Maybe you're here today. And you don't know this Jesus. You've never asked him into your heart today. Maybe you're lonely and you want to be a part of the family. I will be down here and we'll have prayer teams down here. And you come and we will be glad to pray with you and to welcome you into the family. It would be our honor and our delight to talk with you. That you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here with someone today. Talk with them then if you don't want to come down here. But don't let this opportunity pass you by. To join the family of God in all its goodness, in all its mercy and richness. Don't continue to be lost. Don't continue to be a sinner. Come into the family. And for those of us who are in the family and we struggle, don't turn away. Don't be disheartened. Continue to go into your identity, continue to grow, continue to mature into the scriptures and into the things of God. Continue your journey. Remember, God in you, you are in the Father. Christ in you, you are in Christ. And the helper is with you. You can do this. And you have a family here. You have brothers and sisters here. Today, let's begin to help one another and care for one another. Father, your word, you bring the confirmation. You bring the confirmation. You grow this in us, Father, as we come, as we make commitments, as being convicted to do that thing, to be family with one another, to be family with our other family. Lord, I just pray now that your Holy Spirit would move mightily that helper would help us now as we go forth into our day that you would help us in those opportunities that you're going to set before us as we leave here that we would hear your voice in what to do and what not to do what to say and what not to say lord that offense that hearing your voice that we'll let that go or we'll go and confront that person 
and just ask him and get over it, that we would stop the play. Father, Abba, Father. So much is in the scriptures of what you've done, the unity, the family, and all you're inviting us into. I just pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to the richness and the knowledge and the fullness of all that you have for us, Lord. Bring us the excitement and joy and the expectation of the days ahead of traveling with you. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen. Amen. Be blessed.